Welcome to the New Grace Sermon Podcast. Our church exists so people experience new life in Christ. We invite you to connect with us on social media at newgrace.cc, on Facebook and Instagram. For more information about our church or to support us financially, visit newgrace.cc. You're in 1 Kings 18. I want to read one verse from James 5. James 5. Actually, I'm going to read two verses. Elias, that's talking about Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are. It's on the screen. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. Now let's go to the actual story that James is talking about. First Kings 18. Here's the actual story. It has not rained in over three and a half years because of God's judgment upon the land. They have turned to idols and now God has used the prophet to turn them away from the idols back to the one true God. And the Bible says in verse 41, and Elijah said unto Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. So they go through this, they go through this little thing seven times. Goes up and looks. Man of God, I don't see anything. Go back again, I'm gonna keep praying. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, behold, There ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, go up, go tell that henpecked king, go tell Ahab, prepare thy chariot and get thee down that the rain stop thee not. Look at verse 45. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind And there was a great rain. I want to preach briefly on this thought. Let's make it rain. Let's make it rain. The land of Israel is in drought. It's been like this for three and a half years since they had their last rain. God has shut up the heavens due to the idolatry in the land. And when there is a lack of water... When there is a drought in the land, ladies and gentlemen, it affects everything, everyone. Crops, homes, economy, wealth, the poor, everybody and everything is affected. Now, let me go ahead and make a spiritual application here. I don't know about you, but since I became a Christian, I have had seasons of my life where I found myself in a spiritual drought. Somebody nod your head with the rev this morning if you know what I'm preaching thus far. You'll go through a drought season in your Christianity where everything and everything about your relationship with God, your relationship with others, your connectivity to the Spirit, your joy, your peace, your hope, your life, 
your vibrancy, your passion, your purpose. Am I talking to anybody yet? It all just seems to dry up. I, I wrote this down. Here's what a drought looks like. Everything just dries up. I, I, I think we all could testify because many of us, there was a season of our Christianity where, where it felt like the windows of heaven were always open. There was always a constant interaction. There was always a, a, a constant connection between us and, and what God was doing. And it, it was almost like everything was fresh and everything was new and, and every, everything just had that, that shimmer and that shine to it. And, and, and then all of a sudden you, you go through a season and it's almost like God quits being God. Like God quits doing what he was doing. And, and here you are, you're in the same position, you're in the, the same place of passion, you're still in the same church, you're still living the same life, and you're still having the intention to serve the Lord and, and, and be faithful to God. And all of a sudden, it's like the things that change in your life are a result of what God seemingly has stopped doing. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, hey, God, where are you? Job testified this, and he didn't sin with his lips when he said this, but he was being honest. He said, I go forward, and it's like you're not there. I look to the right, I look to the left, and I cannot find you. Even when I stand still, I don't know where you are. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to submit to you that for many of us, 2023 was a year of drought. For some of us, we got unplugged from our devotion, we got unplugged from our prayer life, we got unplugged from our worship, we got unplugged from our ministry, we got unplugged from church, and, and we found ourselves seemingly in a place where it was almost like all of the heavens just shut up. And the rain of God's presence and the rain of God's power and the rain of God's fresh Holy Spirit word in our life, it's like it ceased. We didn't hear from God. It was almost like we couldn't tell if God was paying us any attention, if God was working, if God was doing anything. In fact, it seemed like the more we tried to be faithful, the worse things got. The more spiritually dehydrated we became. I'm talking about 2023 being a drought season for some people in this house. But God brought me over here today to tell you that the winds of change are starting to blow in our direction. And 2024 is going to be a year where the drought ends. I, I asked the Lord this morning when I was sitting there praying, I said, let me have the gift of prophecy this morning. Not necessary foretelling, but forthtelling. Let me speak forth the words that you have put in this word that we need to remind ourselves that God has not gone anywhere. God has not changed his game plan. He has not went out of business. He has not shut down shop and moved out of town. I need somebody in this house that'll help me bless the good name of God if you know that he said I will never leave thee nor forsake thee I am the same yesterday today and forever I am the Lord and I change not somebody better help me bless him I want to tell you there are some there are some things about 
getting in the heavens to open. There, there are some things about this drought. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you how to, to pray your way out of a drought. How to pray your way. Because I'm, I'm, I'm preaching right now and there are some of y'all, your spirit's not being stimulated by the word of the Lord. There was a time when it was. There was a time when, 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 when the vessel would leak right here. And now it, it, it's, it's like it takes God moving all of heaven and earth to stir your spirit. And you're dehydrating. You are. You are a spiritual drought. And God wants, can, can, I, can I work through the text? Can I work through the text? Just try to follow along with me, Nathaniel. I'm going to come down on the floor and we're just going to let the word preach itself, all right? See, rain, let me tell you what rain is. Rain is a response from God. Rain is a response from God. Rain is God's way of answering prayer. I want you to see the symbolism in, in, in the word here about the rain. The rain, here we go, the rain was God's response to a praying person in that he brought abundance of life, growth, and blessing. Yeah. I'm going to say that again. He brought an abundance, not this barely getting by Christianity. Not, not, this, not this hanging on to a knot in the rope of hope. No, 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 no. This, this, old, this old crawling into church and crawling out, this poor pitiful me beat up, whooped, Henpecked by the hounds of hell, walking in here with your knuckles dragging the ground, looking like some Neanderthal with his pooch lip syndrome, looking like you've been weaned on pickle juice. That ain't the Christian life. That don't look anything like life and life more abundantly. Why, why, why is it, why is it that, that, that church people look more miserable than any other crowd? Why is it that we have to, that, that, we, that, that churches almost have to turn into comedy clubs to get people to actually smile? So sad. Well, we, 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 did social media suck up all of our joy all week long? Did work get the best of us? Do the ball games and the UFC fights and everything else that we submerge our imagination in, did that get the best of us? Or did we save the best of us for the very best of Sunday so that we could come in here and give God our best praise? Look, look at the text. Look at the text. <clears throat> It'd probably help if I turned to it, wouldn't it? 1 Kings, 1 Kings 18. Where are we at? Look at verse 42. Look at verse 42. Let me, let me show you how we get there. Ahab went up to eat drink. Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth. Now, it doesn't say it, but it's obvious by the story what he's doing. And James, in his letter, tells us what Elijah was actually doing. He's praying. Okay, he's praying. Watch this. And he went up. It says that he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. I'm going to be honest with you. If I went down and I, and I was to crouch down and put my face between my knees, I ain't getting up anytime soon. <laughs> and it ain't because I'm spiritual. 
It's because I will be physically unable to get back up. I'm sorry. I, 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 Lord, can I sit in the recliner and have the same effect? Can I, go, can I go down by the creek behind our house and lean on that little bridge and get the same effect? Here, here's the point. He's not, saying, he's not saying that you have to go and throw yourself prostrate, although there will be times. There will be times where your desperation drives you into a posture of expectancy. That's what that is. That, his, his, here we go. Oh, thank you, Jesus. His expectation became embodied in his physical posture. You want to know what my spirit looks like? He's all crouched up, uncomfortable, laid at the top of a mountain, praying for God to open the heavens. This is what I call, number one, the calling for rain. The calling for rain. The Bible says that he had this posture where he bowed himself down and he was praying and asking God to open the heavens. And notice what the Bible says. It says that he said to his servant, now I want you to go look, I'm praying, I'm asking God. Here we go. God told me three and a half years ago to pray that it would not rain. And he answered that prayer. Now he's put it in my heart to pray again that it would rain. And so he goes up on the mountain, he begins to pray and he tells the servant, Gehazi, we learn his name is later. He says, go and look towards the sea and tell me what you see. And he comes back down and he says, I don't see anything. Now here is where Elijah is so much different than so many of us. We let what we see dictate what we say. If we don't see instantaneous, immediate results, if God doesn't work on our timetable, if God doesn't open the heavens the very moment we pound the earth in prayer, we think that it is not the will of God. Let me say something. There are some things in your heart that are there because God put them there because those things are supposed to be stimulants that you activate because that is how God is going to get his will done. God doesn't need your help, but he wants your help. So prayer is how God, oh, I'm preaching right now. Prayer is how God includes you in the process. Amen. I've been saying it for years. I'll keep saying it. Prayers are ordained of God to orchestrate his will. This is how he included Elijah. It's how he includes you and I. He wants us to call for rain. Are you praying for God to open the heavens? Are you praying for God to respond to your earthly situation? Are you sick and tired of the drought and the spiritual dehydrated complacent Christianity that you've been living with and are you ready for God to pour out the rains of revival upon your life your children, your territory, your calling, and your church. If you are there, somebody help me. Let's bless him and give him praise. He tells us that there's a calling for rain, and then he tells us in verse 44. Look at it quickly. Look at it quickly. Verse 44. It came to pass at the seventh time. Now, I am so thankful that God blesses persistent prayer. How long do you have to see nothing before you finally say nothing? And there's some stuff I'm praying about. Oh, we're 20 years in. 20 years in, some stuff I'm praying about. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of stuff I've seen God do. A lot of prayers I've seen God answer. But there are some that I'm, I'm still, I'm like, it's up there. It's up there. 
And I'm going to keep calling for rain. But then I want to show you, I want to show you the, con, uh, is it the conditions? Yeah, the conditions of rain. Look at the conditions of rain. Verse 44, it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, now this is funny, man. You're praying for God to send rain in a drought. And you're praying, and on the seventh time you're praying, you got your head down between your knees, your face in the dirt, and your servant comes running down. Man of God, man of God. Elijah, you're not going to believe this. There's coming up out of the sea a cloud that is shaped like a man's hand. You know, sometimes stuff happens and you don't know it's God that does it. But I like it when God goes out of his way to show you it was his hand at work. Amen. <laughs> what I'm doing is my handiwork. Oh, come on, somebody. You, uh, if, if, if this was a black church, I'd say, slap your neighbor right now. Watch this, watch this, watch this. He said, there's a cloud coming up out of the sea like a man's hand. Look at verse 45. And it came to pass in the meanwhile, we're talking about the conditions for rain. In the meanwhile, that the heaven was black with clouds and wind. I, I wrote this down. Rain clouds are required for rainfall. But we have to remember that rain clouds are dark, dreary, and depressing. And rain clouds are the conditions for rain. <laughs> I, I, I remember shouting at it and saying amen at it when I was a young Christian. When preachers would talk about God, I, let me tell you something, young man of God, that there is blessings in the brokenness of the Lord. And I remember like, yes, amen. And I, I, remember, I remember shouting amen without any cracks. Right? I, I, remember, I remember being all praise with no pain. <laughs> all worship with no weakness. Come on, somebody. Come on, I'll talk, but no trial. And I'm like, Lord, do whatever it takes. Lord, bless me. Lord, use me. Lord, set me up to be a servant of the Most High. Let me be a voice for the Master. Lord, do whatever you got to do in my life and bless me. And God's like, you don't know what you're praying and asking for, son. You don't know where you just put yourself. You don't know what you just signed up for. I want you to make it rain, Lord. Oh, I can handle it. God, send it. God, send it. And then the dark storm clouds start gathering over your head, and you're like, Lord, what are you doing? And here's what's crazy. We pray for rain, and then we try to pray away the rain clouds. We try to pray away the darkness. I I'm going to tell you something. You, you can't get rain on a cloudless day. What do you want? Which one do you want? Do you want the blessing and the fullness of God in your life? It's going to take rain clouds to get rain. 
Do we want the reins of revival in our church? It's going gonna, it's gonna to take, and, and it, it ain't been, in my opinion, in the last two or three months, it ain't been nothing but rain clouds. Just darkness, dreary, disease, death in our church, in our lives, in your life, in your marriage, devils hunting people down that I love coming after people that are in this church body. That, I mean, division coming against them, deception coming against them. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now. And it's like, wait a second. Was this the same crowd that was praying for rain? And now we're under the dark, stormy clouds? Could it be could it be all the crap that's happening over your head? Maybe that's the Lord calling to tell you right now that everything swirling above your head, the thunder and the flash of lightning and all those conditions are the backdrop and the precursor to what God's about to unload. Could it, could it be that you're just getting what you asked for? Lord, I want you to send the rain on my home. I want you to send your reviving touch and presence upon my children and my marriage. God, get a hold of my spouse. God, change our world. Submerge us in your spirit. Lord, we're really serious. And he's like, I am too. <laughs> Come on, JJ, help me close. The conditions. La lastly, look at this. It says that it came to pass in the meanwhile, verse 45, that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. There was a great, a great rain. This is the coming of rain. So here's the outline for all my sermon heads up in here. You got the calling of rain, praying it. You got the conditions of rain, God's setting it up. And then you've got the coming. Everybody say coming. coming. The coming of rain. I want to tell you this morning that the rain, like Elijah learned, like Ahab learned, like all the prophets learned, like all those who worship Baal and all those who worship Yahweh, all the land of Israel, the rain was coming. It's interesting, the, rain, the word rain in the Hebrew means not just any rain, but a heavy rain. A heavy, heavy rain. I wrote this down. One inch of rain on one acre is 27,000 gallons, and it weighs about 113 tons. It takes two to five hours for it to rain one inch. And one inch on one acre weighs 113 tons. And when the Bible says there was a great rain, it literally means that God drenched everything and everyone who were under the clouds. Y'all ain't hearing me this morning. <laughs> it was a downpour. It was a monsoon. God just turned it loose. Here's what's so cool. Everything Elijah prayed for was up there waiting in the clouds. Everything that he was waiting on was up there in the clouds. 
man, we've had needs as a church. And I say this, I say this corporately and collectively as a congregation. I know everybody in the room's got their own stories they could probably testify of this morning of things you needed and things you prayed for and God just somehow in some way responded to your situation. And many times we could testify he did so far beyond our expectations when he opened up the windows of heaven. I was thinking about, Scott, I was actually thinking about, I was thinking about this last night and I was thinking about when, when me and you were in the kids' room over at the shopping center, and we needed, we, we needed those divider walls right there, those, those the big divider walls. Those things right there are not cheap. These are not cheap. And we, we got like four sets of them. It, it, and we needed them. To do what we were trying to do, we had to have them in our elementary space. And they, like the whole set was $10,000. Let me tell you something. We didn't have it. We didn't have it. Me and him are sitting there looking at the books and we're talking about this and we just got done talking about needing $10,000 to get this divider wall set. You remember this? And we're sitting there and I said, well, let's just pray about it. So me and him just sat there and we prayed. We got done praying. I got a witness right there. And if I'm lying, God will kill both of us. Yeah, I'm putting you in on that one. We got done praying and somebody ran into the room and said, y'all aren't gonna believe this. This person I work with wants to bless our church and they're writing us a check for $10,000. And I looked at him and he looked at me and I was like, oh my God. And here's what's so crazy, we were surprised. Why should we be surprised, Lord? Would you do this? And you feel a raindrop and you're like, what? what are you doing? Man, recently, it's been so crazy. The turn of events and the way things have happened for our church. God, God, God blessing us since we moved up here to Baldwin and, and helping our church grow and reach this area and, and then giving us the ability to secure a location in, in, in commerce and, and, and have a second campus. And listen, it was such a blessing that the, we've never had such a smooth transaction on buying a piece of property or any, anything. We've tried to do that several times. It's never happened so smoothly. It's never happened so easily. It was almost, it was almost freakish how easy it came together. It was, it was just not a lot of red tape. It just happened. And we got into the project and I, and I remember expecting, I'm like, all right, I'm, and here's how, I've, here's how I've become over the years. I'm just waiting. I'm like, uh, it's always too good to be true. Where's the sucker punch coming from? And man, we, the more we got it, and this is how I think I, some of you, some of you in this room who are in the construction business could testify. The further you get into something, the more, you, the more it starts to cost more than you realized. We started getting to this commerce project and started realizing this is going, this, there are parts of this that are going to cost. If, listen, if we want to do it right, it's ours. It's ours if we want to do it right. I don't want to have to go and use porta potties sitting out in the frigid weather while we build it out. 
I want our kids to have everything they need. I want our worship auditorium to have everything it needs. I want, I want to, if we're going to own it, let's do it right. And we realize, oh my gosh, in order to finish this and furnish this, we're, we're, I don't know where the rest of this money's going to come from. And I'm going to be honest with you, when, when we were originally talking about this, I'm like, talking with the trustees, I said, I don't feel led, and I think y'all could agree, I don't feel led to take out an additional loan. I don't feel led to drain our general fund, and I don't feel led to get up, not for this, to get up in front of our church and say, all right, we need to do a campaign. I, I don't feel led to do that. And I said, Lord, you're going to have to show us some direction. But here's the, here's the thing, the, the, my prayers started like this. My, my prayers started looking like Elijah's in that, here we go, our prayers started reflecting what I call a water cycle. See, a water cycle's got three phases. It's got evaporation. Evaporation where it starts down here and it goes up there. And it goes up one way, but it comes down another. <laughs> You can't see it on the way up, but you can see it on the way down. Oh, come on. Eva evaporation, where, where it, it goes up. And the more you send up determines how much comes back down. See, evaporation is built on the premise that what goes up must come down. So you got evaporation, but then you got condensation. Condensation is where whatever went up, while it's up, starts taking shape and changing form. Oh, you ain't hearing what I'm saying. What goes up begins to actually take form and it gets substance. Here, here's what condensation is. Condensation is you sending God a prayer in rough draft form. The Holy Ghost making some edits to it and getting it ready to send back down in final draft form. And then there's precipitation. Precipitation is what we call rain. And I, I read this. I read this behind a scientist. And he was describing rain. And he said the best way to describe precipitation, how it works, is he said, the raindrops. Now listen, man, I was, about, I, was about to talk, I was about to toss this laptop across the room when I read this. The raindrops fall when they get too heavy for the clouds to hold them. They finally get to a size and a weight where they have to just be turned loose and they come back down. Now, if I was feeling all right, I'd be climbing these chairs right now trying to hang from that light bar. <clears throat> but I gotta go another round. That's how prayer, that's how our prayer started looking. I'm going to send it up. Lord, you do whatever you got to do with it. And you send it back down when you're ready. We, uh, we started asking as a executive staff, we started asking as a trustee board, how, how are we going, how are we going to finish this commerce project? We just need God to provide. I mean, it ain't the first time we ever had to make a faith move before because... We bought, we bought 14 acres in Homer as a faith move. And we, were, we were at somebody else's place doing Sunday night services, and I didn't even, and here's the deal, here's what's crazy, here's what's crazy. I had a buddy of mine, he said, why did y'all buy property? You're at somebody else's place. He says, you know you can't even afford to build, and you know that it would take you two or three years to have it ready. 
So why did you buy that? I said, we were in a place where we needed to show God we were so serious about our next step that we were willing to take some of our capital campaign money and put it on some property and put a stake in the ground. It was a faith move putting a stake in the ground. Showing God we were serious. And I said, here's something I know about dirt. It's an asset when you have it. And we paid cash for it. We own it. And we're going to sit there until God tells us to do something with it. Now, I did not give sacrificially, and you did not give sacrificially to have a jar of dirt. We did this to have a home. And I'm going to be honest with you. God didn't ask our permission or my permission on the order in which he was going to do things. Because I've already said this before. I thought we were going to get commerce solidified before we ever came up here. And we end up here reaching North Banks County and Habersham, and now we're going back down there and we get to have two. All right? Now, I know right now you're thinking, now, how, how's that going how's that going to happen? And what you're asking is, how are you, Pastor Derek, going to do that? I'll tell you in a few weeks. Yeah, in a couple weeks, I'm going to break it all down. I'm going to tell you exactly how it's going to go down. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And I'm not going to be on the screen. We're not going to have a six foot two, 268 pound hologram up there. People do that and make it work. It's not going to work for us. It's not going to work for me. All right. We'll get into all that. And I want to say this too. When we got this situation where we bought commerce and we're growing up here and the Lord's leading us to have both. As soon as we bought commerce, no plan of selling our property until we had to. We were open for whatever. But when this need came up, we sat at the corporate table and said, hey, we either take out a loan, we drain our general fund, or we get up and we do a campaign to finish this project, or we sell this property and take this asset that God gave us in a faith move and use it to make our home our home. And so we put on the market, and let me tell you something, I purposely didn't say anything. You know why? Because there had been times before when we said something and it never happened. And God's like, shut your mouth and let me work. I'm like, I can't tell if that's your fingertip I see coming up out of the sea. I can't tell what that is, Lord. I don't know if that's your hand or the devil giving me the bird. I can't tell what that is right now, but I'm going to keep trusting you. And we put that thing on the market. And let me tell you something. There's crickets. There's crickets. And nothing. Nothing realistic. Nothing moving. Nothing happening. We got down. This was right before Christmas. We got down. We had our, our last trustee meeting of the year. And we just, I had a flip chart out. Boy, I nerded it out. Y'all would have been so proud of me. I had a flip chart. I had all kind of numbers on that thing. And we're going back and forth talking about how this is going to come together. And I said, this is the number we need. And the only way to get this, I said, the only way to get this is God's going to have to do something. Either God himself is going to have to bring $57,000 to us or, or we're going to have to be able to sell this property. Like, this is what we're going to have to do. And so we just turned that thing over, shut our laptops, and we just prayed. We said, Lord, you know. You let us take a faith move. You gave us what we needed. You gave us a stake in the ground. Now, if you want us to make this home a home, you're going to have to give us what we need now. And we prayed. Do you know in 48 hours, Lynn Garrison, our realtor, called us, and she said, hey, 
You got somebody who's really serious about this property and they just made an offer. Y'all know that we went under contract. I want you to listen to this. We went under contract right away. We're gonna we're doing, I don't know what they call it, but we're closing a lot quicker than most people close on it. And everything we needed to get our commerce project done and some we have off the sale of this land. And it all happened within 48 hours of us going, God, you better make something happen because we're in the home stretch. We are in the home stretch. Now, let me tell you something crazy. Let me tell you something crazy. Y'all might have been up for it. Y'all might have been up for the whole, let's have church in an unfinished building. Y'all might have been up for that. But I knew, no. I knew, listen to me, let me tell you something. I knew we needed a win. I know, and let me me say why I'm stressing this. Because in this house, at nine o'clock and 11 o'clock today, are gonna be people who have sojourned through the wilderness and the desert and the drought with me and my wife for years. And we started down there. We started down there with nothing and nobody and watch God single-handedly season after season for every set of rain clouds that was rain and so excuse me for a moment while I celebrate God meeting another need some of y'all don't know some of y'all don't know you don't know how many times we looked at the heavens and said God we don't know what you're doing we don't know when you're doing it we don't know how you're doing it but somehow in some way we believe that God has a way of making it rain and answering prayer and blessing his people and he's done it again he's done it again Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcatcher. New episodes are posted each week on Tuesday.